0: have a word for you today, and it's a continuation of that which I've been sharing the last uh, couple of weeks, and I just wanted to bring you the the title and the theme, and it has to do with our faith, our precious faith. Say to your neighbor, your faith is vital. It really, really is. It really is, Um, and I read several verses. I'll start with um, Hebrews 11.1, and we shared it before, so I'll just say, faith comes by hearing, and then I add by hearing and hearing and hearing and continuing to hear his word. Anything you hear enough about, you tend to believe. It, it tends to solidify in your mind and in your thinking. So we need to understand that Jesus, or, uh, you know, almighty God who created us. He created our minds. He created our souls. He knows how we think because he created us. How many of you know how to make Pasteles. Meat patties, right? Yeah, you know, right? Anybody ever made pasteles here? That is one of the most difficult foods to make ever. There's so many steps to it, and invariably, you get a little knuckle and skin, because you got to take a certain type of banana, and you have to go against what they call in Spanish, el guayo. It's a grater. Now it's a machine. It's called a blender. It's It's called a blender. In the old days, my parents, you know, my my dad was, you know, he had lost his job. And so he had to sell pasteles, these patties, uh, for about six months. And they did very well. They found out that there were actually a lot of people that liked that stuff. But in order to make them... I mean, I used to have to help them sometimes, and we have to get on that thing and take that banana over and over. And, and you know, like, ow, ow. And so, you know, (laughs) so in the old days, you have pasteles with a little extra protein. (laughs) But the point I'm making, the point I'm making is that nobody knows what's in the mix except he who creates it. right. Right? And who but God. Knows us, our real nature, the way he created us. He knows us. He knows the way we think. And because he made us in such a way that we're able to see things that don't exist, things in our mind. You know, an architect, you talk to him. Meanwhile, while the architect is listening to you, they're drawing How much of that do you want? How many square feet? How many floors? How how big you want your kitchen? How big you want your bedroom? What type of furniture do you want? Where do you want to put it? They're asking you a lot of probing questions because they're designing something that's in your mind. And the more you can be clear with it, the more then they can see the same picture that you see. Then what they do is they'll say, does it look something like this? No, a little more this way, a little more that way. And same thing, if if, uh, somebody uh, takes your purse in the street, right? You go to the police department, you file a report. They're going to ask you, what does he look like? I say he, because mostly it's guys that are taking, snatching the, right? And what do you do? Well, he was six foot two. Uh, you know, he was wearing this. And, and it's a very ambiguous picture. They start asking you a lot of questions, things you didn't even think about. How did the eyes look? Were they big, small, round? How was the nose? How was the mouth? What was the hue, the color of the skin, the ears? The, the, what, about, what about the hair? What were they wearing? And then they draw it. As they're drawing, they go, does it look like this? And I think now they have a computer program for that too. Amazing, amazing, amazing. But see, the power to be able to transfer vision, somebody else's thought, comes from where? It's a question. In order for me to transfer a picture I have in my head to you, what do I need to do? Huh? Don't everybody talk at the same time. I can't understand you. You must communicate. I got to tell you, right? That's the power of your words. And God gave us the ability to think something and to speak something. See, God speaks things that are not as though they were. See, and he gave us the same ability. He gave us the same ability to be able to share things and to be able to create in our mind and then reflect them into this natural world. Every bridge you see was first a thought in somebody's mind. Every building downtown, have you been seeing the buildings that are coming up? Some of them look like a noodle. Others look like a zigzag. Why? Why can't they just build buildings straight up? Yeah, zigzag. Why? Why is it that they can't build simple buildings to look like everything else? Why the complexity? Huh? They want to see if they can do it? Okay. I like that. They want to express a uniqueness. It's like a signature. If you were to write a poem, you would sign your name on the bottom so that everybody that reads, they could know it came from you, right? If you wrote a book, whose name would be in the front cover? Of course, because that's your thoughts. right? In the same way with the buildings, they're unique, but they were first in the mind of somebody else. When I go and I look... And I see buildings, especially for me. I, I worked in the building trade for so many years. I look at the individuality, and I appreciate it. I say, wow, that's scary. But that's bold. Like somebody else would look at art. They would say, whoa, bold pictures. But God gave you that ability to be able to speak things that are not as though they were. Now, here's the problem, though, and here's the rub. When God created us, he knows that we receive things by hearing, by seeing right? And by speaking. That's why we need to protect our eye gates, our ear gates, right? And our relationships. Because we're constantly receiving things from others. And here's the problem with that. People say sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me, right? That's not true. That's another thing that's not true with a box of chocolates thing. Words are the most powerful things because words are like containers. They carry thoughts, they carry emotions, they carry intent, they carry vision. See? So faith comes by? Faith comes by? Faith comes by? by, See? So in order to hear something, means that somebody needs to be speaking something. Right? So I'm careful as to what I allow people to say to me. Very careful. So I listen to everyone, but I don't agree with everyone. Right? So when somebody tells me, like my mother, she told me years ago, you know, the Nazarios are crazy. Her perspective was that in Puerto Rico, the Nazarios used to fight with machetes. And so that was her, I guess, her thought of her husband. (laughs) And the Nazareals are crazy. My my, my dad, he had a hot temper. He was was tough. He didn't mince words. But every time I would hear it, it would grate against me because I heard the word of God, and I read the word of God, and faith started building up in me that I have great value. And I'm an individual, and you can't define me by my past. You can't define me by what other people did or said. You know, God's created a new thing in me. I'm a new creation. All the old things are gone. They're nullified. At the cross, God canceled my sin. God canceled my past failures. God canceled my generational failures. Hallelujah. So she kept on saying that. One day she said, you know, the Nazareos are crazy. I said, Mom, I'm sorry. I can't receive that anymore. Don't ever say that again about the Nazareos. We're good people. We're anointed people. You know, we're, we're going to be able to do great things in this life. And she said, well, bueno, mijo, está bien entonces. In other words, no, all right, fine, fine. She didn't like what I had to say because I mildly and gently rebuked her because I wanted her to see that what she was saying was not conducive to a better future. Faith comes by hearing. That's why it's important that we stop just automatically letting things flow to us. Thoughts are constantly coming to us. People are constantly saying things to us. But what are we receiving? What are we making our worldview? You need to be very careful. And, and, and Jesus made it very clear. All things are possible for those who believe. Now, here's the problem with that. You could believe good things or you could believe bad things. Remember the spies? Twelve spies were sent into the land of Canaan to spy it out. God had said, it's your land. And Moses said, well, go and spy it out so you can see where you're going to come in and take the land over, right? All twelve came back to report to all the people, over 1.2 million people. Ten of the spies said, everything God said is true. It's beautiful land. Flows with milk and honey, big grapes. I mean, wow, here's the fruit. Two men had to carry the fruit. But then they said one thing. They said, problem is, there are giants in the land. God never told us about the giants. God never told us that we're going to have to battle for that land. God said it was theirs. They came back and said, we can't. We look so small next to these giants. We're like grasshoppers in their sight. Those people eat people. They eat their enemies. And they told that to everybody else. Now, watch this. That was their experience. That was their opinion." 10 people came back with that report. Two of the spies said, no, no, God said we could take it and we can defeat those giants because God is with us. Two people saw something different and yet they all had the same experience. How in the world is that? You could see it today because you'd be standing in the same place, you could see the same accident or you could see the same game. Everybody will come out with a different report. Isn't it true? But the problem is the ten spies came back and they shared that negative report. Faith comes by hearing. And over 1.2 million people caught that report. And the fear that was associated with that report came upon them. So the whole nation of Israel started crying. They started weeping. Why? Why? God said it's yours. I'm going to give it to you. I'm bringing something right now that's very deep. And some of you are going to be delivered today. Amen. And here's the problem with that. Most people are carrying somebody else's pain. I remember years ago, um, I was in Wales. And I was walking around with this international revivalist and deliverance you know, minister. who had a, a whole tent. There were literally thousands of people there. And, right, and, and hundreds of people coming for deliverance. One young lady comes for prayer. And she says... I can't stand my dad. I need prayer. I can't stand him. And so the guy asked questions. He started saying, why can't you stand your father? Because he treats my mother horribly. Oh, okay. What do you see him doing to her? Well, no, no, I don't see it. My mother told me. He couldn't stand his father. He hated his father. I mean, she. She hated her father. But she had never seen the father do anything bad. Why did she hate her father? Because faith comes by hearing. Her mother would sit down with her and say, your father's a bad man. Your father's doing this to me, and your father's doing this and this and this and this. this. Your father's a bad man. And she would keep on hearing this. And after a while, she developed a terrible resentment to her father. First and foremost, that wasn't her business. It wasn't her fight. It was an internal husband and wife squabble, a disagreement. So her mother didn't understand the principle of the power of words. So the man who was ministering to her and praying for her, he said, and I'm there because I'm translating everything because the guy was Spanish and the whole country is English. So everything he said, it had to filter through me. So I'm seeing this scenario. I'm ministering in this scenario. But I'm saying, oh, my God, I never saw that before. So he's saying to her, he says, you know something? Your mother made a mistake. You should have never heard that conversation. She didn't understand where it would put you. She gave you a pain that doesn't belong to you. You shouldn't be carrying this. Transferred it successfully. And so he said to her, he said, you need to forgive your father. Oh, should I? Yes, you can forgive your father. Does he treat you well? Yes, he does. Do you love him? I love him, but I can't stand what he's doing. Did you ever see it? No. So then the conversation you heard, you should have never heard. So forgive your father. Release him from that. We prayed for her. Gloriously delivered. She went back to her father. reestablished established the relationship. Everything was all right. But the problem that she went through, she really didn't have to go through. And right now, think about it. In this nation, right now as we speak, there is a political debate. And I'm not going to you know, start talking about sides. All I am saying is that there's so so much hate being thrown by the media, by different groups, that now you have a whole bunch of young people inflamed. We don't even know what to think. Mm -hmm. Faith comes by hearing. That's why you, man of God, woman of God, have to be very careful what you receive. Because some, some people hate the president. They want him dead. Other people want some congressman dead. Do you know what happens? You keep on speaking that over and over, somebody who is weak in the mind is going to receive that and go try to kill somebody. We have to be careful what we release because we can release, by our words, hate, racism. We can release love. We can release joy. We can release offense. We can release forgiveness. And God said, you have to be very careful with your faith. You have to guard your precious faith. Say to your neighbor, guard your precious faith. <laughs> Hallelujah. The next thing we shared is that we have to be very careful what we speak. Jesus said, take no thought saying. In other words, thoughts come to us, but then our problem is we don't discern the thought. We don't even think. We just think and bap. And some of us talk so fast. I don't know, maybe you heard me. I remember years ago, uh, I I was in a situation, I was a teenager at the time, and I said something in the presence of several people, and immediately when I said that, I knew I made a terrible mistake. I mean, the second I said it, I knew, and I just saw it, oh my God, this is gonna create A, B, and C. And exactly what I thought, the person that I said it to got very offended, uh, her, the husband got offended, and I oh, my God. And then, of course, I made a couple of jokes about it, and I tried to, you know, Don't smooth it. it over a bit. Don't. Nothing I could do, change it. I, the word was sent. The, 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 the emotion was received. The picture was received, and that person was offended. The, the end of relationship right then and there. And the interesting thing is the second I said it, I wanted to take the word back but the word runs faster than I can chase after it. I went, (laughs) no! So there are times when you say something, you blow it. Uh, Sometimes you can... Best thing to do is apologize. I apologize. It was knuckleheaded of me to say it. You see it right now in media. You know, I don't get it. If we know that all our emails can be read, why do we Tweet or say the things we say. We have to be careful. There are people right now that will probably be indicted by a tweet that they said privately to somebody else. Faith comes by hearing. And then the other thing is your words are connected to you. So you're responsible for your words. Now, the Bible said, the scripture says, that every word that comes out of our mouth will be judged. Every word. So you, you think that, that, that we're in a, a bubble right now in a nation where everything we're saying is being seen. God is seeing every word. That's more important than the nation seeing it. But what I'm saying is that we have to be careful about the things we hear. And we have to be careful about the things we say. Now think about it. Why did Jesus say, take no thought by saying? Because if you think something, that's not a sin. It's not a sin. Things come to us from many different areas. You could hear from your own human spirit. There might be things you might hear from your own background, your cultural background, your experience. God might say something to you, and you might hear a word of the Lord, but you might also hear a demonic word. See, that that's not a sin. Because we can hear things, we are spirit beings living in a physical body, but we can catch things spiritually, right? And they come to our mind. The sin comes when we align with that thought and speak it, because once we speak it, we start to act it out. We start to um, create emotions around that. My God! So say to your neighbor: Watch your words. Watch your Listen. Tell your neighbor, listen carefully. carefully. And don't let things in your mind automatically. (laughs) Praise God. Very vital, very important. So I'm sharing this with you because I could give you an ice cream message. But Pastor Abraham mentioned that the Lord said, you have a purpose. By the way, right there. Our walls prophesy. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Now, here's the problem. God says, I have a future for you. But there are many problems in scripture that require, say with me, require. Require. That require our partnership. That require our agreement. The ten spies that came in and they said, we can't go. God heard every word they said. And all night long in the camp, there was crying, there was murmuring, there was pain. It got to the point, it got so bad, that the people said, we need to stone Joshua and Caleb. The two spies, they say, no, we can do it, we can go in there. Now here's the problem. When you receive something negative, you receive the pain. You receive the anger. You receive the offense. Watch this. Now the people who never saw the giants wanted to kill those that believe that they can come in and take the land and receive the inheritance. There have been times, and probably you've experienced this, where you're so angry at somebody you could slap them, yet they never did anything to you. Some of you laugh. It's true. Right now now there might be somebody you want to slap and they didn't do anything to you. Why? Because somebody told you something about them. Or somebody, or or, or they did something to somebody you know. So you're carrying a pain that's associated with somebody else. And, And the issue with love and forgiveness, very powerful, very powerful, is that when Jesus died on the cross, he forgave you and me. When we came to Jesus, he says, okay, I'll take all your mess. Come on, I'll cleanse you. But here's the problem with that. Now He requires that we do the same for others. And the issue with us is we selectively forgive those that we like, and we don't forgive those that we don't like. Now, my opinion of that is that if Jesus would have done that, I think all of us would have all of us would have fallen short. We are required to forgive. We are required to not hold a grudge. Dr. Martin Luther King one time received a great injustice, and when they asked him about it, he says, I cannot. I am not allowed to hate. I am not allowed to keep an offense. I mean if they would burn his house. He said, I forgive. We this kid's inside. He was a great model, a great mentor. That's to how to deal with hate. You respond in love. You respond in forgiveness. And this is important because this generation right now has this. Look, if you could see in the spirit, this is the way most people are right now. See, the spirit of this age has literally hid, blinded them from seeing what God is doing. Blinded them from the truth. And so they flow automatically. You know, with hate, with, with this rhetoric that's flowing in this nation. They get angry, they'll beat people up and everything. Meanwhile, you ask them, why? Oh, because of this and this and this. I says, wow, you seem so angry. That's dangerous. You know, anger long term produces illness in the body. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We have to allow God to open up the eyes of our understanding. Get away from that rhetoric. Get away from from that spirit of anger, from that spirit of offense. The Bible says, walk in love. The moment we allow ourselves to get into that base nature of the flesh, we're in the flesh. When we walk in anger, we're flesh. Revenge, flesh. We start cursing each other. I was going to say something the other day and I forgot And that is, if you curse your brother in Christ because you don't agree with them, let's say politically, or maybe what stance they have, or maybe, you know, they don't flow with your design, or maybe they offended you. If you curse them, be very careful with that. You know why? Scripture, if 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 you look at even the Lord's Supper, the study of the Lord's Supper, the Bible says that some people in that day had died early because they could not discern the body of Christ. Or they were sick because they could not discern the body of Christ. Jesus said, if you do not forgive your neighbor, I cannot forgive you. I'm not going to get no amens. Nobody's going to retweet this message. Man, this is too heavy. But this is good. It's good for the soul. And, and I said today, somebody's going to be delivered. It's because you're carrying something that doesn't belong to you. You have to release it. God wants to work mightily through you, but you're hindering the flow of the Spirit of God. Because if you keep offense, if you keep hate, if you keep something in your heart that's, that's hindering the Spirit of God from moving, it'll be on standby. Remember that story? It's not a story, it's an analogy. Jesus would teach people spiritual truths using parables. One parable, amazing, there was this great Lord, and he was gracious to forgive a man that came to him, that owed him, I mean, a, a much, a lot, uh, I would say, let's say, uh, you know, a couple of million dollars, right? So he went before his great Lord, this big king, he says, forgive me, I'll pay you back, but just forgive me, he says, no problem, I will forgive you, go your way. So he was happy, he went out, he's free, he doesn't have to go to prison, right, that same guy went to one of his co-workers who owed him something like maybe a couple of hundred bucks. He said, pay me what you owe. And the guy said the same thing. He says, forgive me. I'll pay you back. I'm having trouble. but I'll, I'll, No, no. I'm not going to forgive you. But put this guy in prison. Put him in prison. Right? So the friends saw that, went back to that great magnanimous king. He says, king, you forgave that guy, right? He says, yeah. I'm the forgiving nature. That's the way I am. He said, well, the guy you forgave went to another and put him in prison and refused to forgive him for a little thing. He goes, what? The Bible says he was enraged. His anger was inflamed, and he called that man back. He says, I forgave you this much, and you couldn't forgive your co-worker this much? Now you go to prison. And don't let him out until he paid every last penny. When he was in prison, the Bible says that the tormentors were released to torment him. Here's the principle. When you refuse to forgive, tormentors get released to torment you. In other words, there's a spirit of torment associated with unforgiveness. That's why years can pass and you still feel torment over that thing. I remember one time, in as a matter of fact, in the same place. In the same place where they were doing deliverance, there was, a, there was a, a, one guy, elderly gentleman, you could, you could tell he was upset, he came for prayer. He says, pray for me, I, I, I have a problem, um, my friend hurt me deeply and I don't know how to get over this. And you could see the anger in his face. You could see his face contorting with anger and, and, and it, it just hurt him deeply, right? And the guy says, well, wow, how long was this? Oh, 55 years ago. For 55 years, this man had that offense. He carried that offense, and the pain was still the same 55 years later. I don't understand that. <laughs> I don't understand that. But the truth of the matter is that if we're not careful, we'll have something that's recurring in our lives. It'll be a recurrent pain. A recurring issue where, where where it takes you out of your peace, takes you out of your focus you can 't move ahead with any relationships you can 't move with God, the spirit of god can 't f- flow freely through you. My God, today is a day. Guard your precious faith, guard your precious faith. Jesus said to him who believes all things are possible, God wants to think through you, he wants to see through you he wants to create through you so god is saying to us today we need to clear our channels because there's too much muck and mire in our channels god said to us today right that he has plans for you the problem is if you're like the 10 spies that refuse to trust or believe him you're so caught up with the possibility well they might hurt me or they offended me or this and that if you get so caught up that you will lose your future What happened to those ten spies? God said, I heard every word you said. And every word that you said is going to happen to you just like you said it. You could read it yourself in the book of Numbers, chapter 13, chapter 14. Every word that you spoke shall come to pass in your life. You will not enter into my inheritance, even though I declared. See, potentially the word of the Lord will cause it to happen. But if we don't partner with the word of the Lord, there are things that won't happen in our life, even though God has a future for us. Now, the two spies that decided to believe Joshua and Caleb, guess what? After 40 years, after the whole generation passed away, they were still alive, robust. They were still strong. They were in the 80s, but they both entered into their inheritance. And God even boasted on them. God says, none of them will enter now. Except Joshua and Caleb, they have a different spirit. Yeah. See, they follow me completely. They use the word in, in, uh, in the King James, it says, they follow me wholly, W-H-O-L-L-Y. They follow me completely. See, that's what I love about God. You have injustice around you. You have people lying all around you. People might be excluding you from the promotion in your job, but God sees you. And since you follow God completely, he will push people to the side. He will reorganize some things just for your benefit because he knows who you are. Because you're a Joshua, you're a Caleb, you decided to believe God, you decided to trust God in the midst of the problems, in the midst of the circumstances, in the midst of injustice, you decided to stand with God and believe God, you will enter into your inheritance. Hallelujah! Amen. So, we need to understand that there are certain things that God wants to potentially give us. And he will speak it to us. But remember what I always tell you. Catch this, people. Catch it. When God created man, he made you uniquely. You're different than any other created species in this earth realm. You were created in his image and in his likeness. And when God created you, he made you the steward over this earth realm. He says, you're in charge in this earth realm. Now, somebody's going to hear this for the first time. Others of you have heard this before. But this will free you. This will deliver you. When God created you in this earth realm, he said, you're the boss here. You're the one in charge. You're my manager. I give you the authority to rule and reign in this earth realm. Right? He said, go be fruitful. Go multiply. Right? Didn't he say so? Yes. Now, here's the thing. God is faithful to his word. When God speaks a thing, he submits to the very word that he speaks. He honors his word even above his name. When he said man's in charge in this earth, that became a spiritual law. It became a natural law here in this earth realm. Now, whenever God's going to move in this earth realm, he always works with a man. By man, I mean mankind. Those that dare to believe him, those that dare to trust him, he will work through them in this earth realm. Why? Because he created us to rule and reign in this earth realm. All right? Amen. I'm going somewhere with this. So what happens is any disasters that happen, I'm not talking about natural disasters. I'm talking about problems, uh, political issues, upheavals, problems in different nations. That's all man's fault. Oh, God, why are you allowing this? What do you mean allowing this? He made man in charge. Man's the one that's allowing this, not God. You go back to God, God will say, this is what you're doing wrong and wrong. He'll give you wisdom. He'll help you out of it. Problem is we don't want to go to God. Invariably, every nation comes up and invariably the man that created the nation destroys the nation. The institutor of the corporations and the nations is the very same person that self-perpetrates destruction. (laughs) Amazing. If left unchecked, the nation will destroy itself. We, we, we don't need any foreign enemies. We don't need Russia. We're doing a good job all by ourselves. <laughs> I laugh when they say that. We do a good job ourselves. So what happened was, with the sin issue, man had created this sin condition that separates us from God. Man did that, not God. God told him, don't touch that tree. What did man do? goes and touches the tree and goes eats of the tree. That's what we do. So who can fix it? Man messed it up. Man has to fix it. Well, God can do anything. No, he can't. He can't do just anything. He always follows his word. So man messed up. Man had to fix it. So here's what God did. This this is how God honored his word. He became man. And he fixed it. (laughs) That's the mystery of the cross. God in the flesh. Honoring his own word and honoring his love for us. So he went on that cross and died even though he was innocent. See? No man could go on the cross because all of them were tainted with sin. They had to be holy, 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 right? So no man was holy. Every man, the moment they were born, they are born with Adamic blood. Right? But Jesus wasn't born with Adamic blood. Jesus was born by Mary, but who was Daddy. So the DNA was from Almighty God. Hallelujah. So we had a unique creation that had the authority, that had the sinless nature to be able to go to that cross and God was able to say, I am holy. I will have no sin in my presence. And at the same time, he was able to say, there's the perfect sacrifice I will now forgive. Wow. But man messed up and man fixed it. That's why it's important for us to understand the power of our life. The power of our influence. Every word you speak is empowered by his image and his likeness. Every word you speak has power. That's why if you ask me something, sometimes you, you literally see me stop. I go, hmm, I'll do that. You know why? When I was young, when I, was young I used to just talk. Oh, I'm still young, of course. <laughs> but I, I, I'm just saying I've learned some things along the way. I've offended people by not thinking. And we talk too quickly. Now I don't talk too quickly. If you ask me something, I will, sometimes I can share it because it's been fresh on my mind and I know where I'm going with that. But other times, you, you guys ask me some tough questions. And I have to say, wow, that's a good one. In my head, I'm thinking, okay, worst case scenario. In my head, I'm thinking, if I release this, how will this benefit? Because your words have power. Number two, when you tell me something, I go, I'm discerning. It's going through a filter. Some of it goes, poof, that way and that way, and it doesn't come in here. And I do that on purpose. I hear you, I go, if you hear me smiling, go like this. Get that face, you got it? We have a saying in Spanish, and they're saying, interpreta mi silencio, which means translate my silence, yeah, or my non-response, which means I don't want to offend you. I'm say, good point. Now, that's not saying that when I say good point, it means that I'm disagreeing. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I don't quickly receive things now, because I understand once they come into here, they go there. And here's how it always happens. Years ago... There was a man that received a vision. God was speaking to him about how um, a thought becomes an obsession. At first, he, he showed him a man, and the man was hollow. And on the inside, he saw a picture of himself. It was the body and a picture of himself, and then a little dot in the center. And God told him, you see that body? That is your temple, your outside temple. See the inside? It looks like you. It's almost like a picture of you inside that body. He says, That's who you really are. That's your spirit man. Because you are a spirit being temporarily living in this body. That's how come when our brothers and sisters in Christ go with the Lord, we suffer, but we have hope. Because we're the that that the, the spirit man went back with Jesus. But that spirit being had a dot right in the center. He said, That's the center is the soul. So it's a tripartite being. Body, spirit. And so, that soul is what makes that person individual. Uh, The thoughts, uh, the emotions, the thinking, the worldview, everything that makes you uniquely you, that's the soul. Then, the Lord showed him an idea coming its way. Coming, coming, coming. And it went in through here. Then the idea went up here. He says, now the man is thinking about it, mulling it over. Now, watch this. The idea kept on going around and around in in circles in the brain. Because now the person's meditating on it over and over and over again. And after a while, that idea went right into the soul. That's what happens when you entertain thoughts too long. And here's the problem. We don't even think about it. This happens automatically. How many here talk to yourselves? Huh? You're working it out? All right. You process it. We all talk to each other. The truth of the matter is we have a self-dialogue in our brain all the time, all the time, all the time. That's normal. Don't think that you're crazy. That's normal. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. Now, here's the, here's the challenge with that. The challenge is we don't even think about that process. It's automatic. It's automatic. Four-fifths of your brain is working 24 hours a day. One-fifth of your brain is the conscious thought. So you can't, you can't defeat four-fifths of your brain when you're using only one-fifth of it. Now here's the challenge. The challenge is if you're not careful in your conscious hours when thoughts are coming in, they go in there and they start circling around. Circling the wagons, circling the wagons. So in other words, you're thinking over, why did she say that to me? Why did the pastor look at me that way? Why did that brother say this? What did he mean by that tweet? Or by that email? Emails are dangerous because you know you you, you say it one way, but they pick it up another way. You have to be very careful. You have to be succinct to the point. Don't use email to argue. Don't use email to argue. I I have people in Facebook arguing with each other or putting their dirty laundry out there. I go, mistake, handle that privately. The Bible says handle your stuff one on one. And then if that doesn't work, then go and get a couple of qualified witnesses. but don't put your stuff out there. Don't put your stuff out there, please. And here's what happened. After a while you're thinking about that thinking about that thing, but once it gets into the soul, oh, now it starts affecting you emotionally. How many of you watch Hallmark? Hallmark. I like Hallmark. Yeah, I really like Hallmark. And and, and I'm I'm a prophet. I'm a Hallmark prophet. I tell my wife, this is what's going to happen now. Things are too nice, crisis is on its way. You know you're going to get a crisis, right? And I love it because it mirrors some of the issues that we go through relationally. And I'm a relational, you know, I I love relations, relationships. So the person comes by, the the girlfriend that's about ready to marry, she comes by and sees the next room, and her boyfriend is talking to somebody else. And he's saying something about somebody in his company. But she thinks he's talking about her. And so she leaves crying. And then he finishes. Yeah. Way. Way. So. <laughs> you, you, you obviously. You either watch Hallmark or you agree with me very strongly. <laughs> so meanwhile, the other half of the movie is dealing with an offense That's an illegal offense. But she heard something, faith comes by hearing. She heard something and then the the guy's looking for all over the place, she won't pick up her phones, she won't pick up her emails, nothing. And finally at the end, they get that chance encounter and what happens, She, she said, well I heard you say this. I said, yeah, I said that about Mrs. McGillicuddy, my client. And she goes, oh, I'm so sorry. And then, of course, they love, and, and the kiss seals everything. Once they kiss, the movie's <laughs> over. <laughs> if it were just that simple. Praise God. So, people, when you, when you leave these doors today, really self-assess. Stop just allowing things to go through your mind. Stop them right there. and Say, oh, why am I thinking this? Is this coming from the Holy Spirit? Yesterday, I had a very amazing experience. I'm driving in to the city. I'm going to an event. Uh, We're celebrating 65 years uh, with our dear friend Israel de Jesus. And we celebrated him in the Bronx. And, And I appreciate Brother James. Brother James, you came with me. Thank you so much. We had a wonderful time. I appreciate that. So we celebrated this man of God. It was me, Apostle Noel, and Apostle Sabino. Remember Sabino? Yeah, so we did it in his church. And we celebrated him. People came from all different states, from Puerto Rico, from Santo Domingo they came, because uh, he primarily ministers to Spanish folk. And so they're celebrating him. But on the way over, I didn't know what the program was going to be. We knew a general program, but we didn't know who specifically was going to do their part, because we hosted, all three of us hosted. So then I suddenly I start getting, in my, in my spirit, man, I start hearing, this is the way you're going to raise the offering. For them, because we're gonna raise an offering for them. You know, you suffered a stroke. So we wanted to bless him. Besides celebrating his birthday, we wanted for him to go home with lots of cash to be able to pay their bills and to help them. Because they're they're living unfortunately on very little. So we wanted to bless him. All right. So I'm thinking, this is the way you're gonna raise the offering. I'm saying, wow, whoa, that's a powerful point. Whoa, I never connected this with this. This is awesome. I'm just thinking, driving. Suddenly hit me. Ho, ho, ho. Lord, is this you? Because I don't know if I'm going to receive the offering or not. And I'm not the one in charge of the program. I said, but Lord, if they, give, if they put me in the program to raise the offering, then you've, you've spoken to me and I'll share with them exactly what you gave me. So I got there. For, what did I do? What do you think I did? I went to the program. Victor Nazario receiving the offering. This happened to me yesterday. And I said, "Thank you, Lord." And I was so confident, and I, I was so bold when my part. How did I do? What, brother James? Brother James, how did I do yesterday? See, I knocked it out of the park. <laughs> no, but that it blew me away. <laughs> but I had a lot a lot of confidence because I heard God. See my point? But see, the thing is, is I am thinking. What's coming into my mind? What are the thoughts? The other things I think, I go, shut up. No, serious. Uh, some thoughts come in, immediately I discern them as some stupid, arbitrary. Yeah, because all of us have stupid thoughts, right? Anybody here get stupid thoughts? You know? Whoever didn't uh, raise their hands, the altar is open. We'll pray over you for divine forgiveness, all right? <laughs> Yeah, it blew me away. But I am—I discern now what's coming to my mind. Sometimes I get into a, a, a guilt thing. Did that ever happen to anybody? You just feel guilty about something, feel bad. Even that, I'm checking. I'm going, oh, oh, oh why do I feel guilt? See, because guilt to me means that I did something, and, and and that that God is saying I'm ready to punish you. That's not God. God will not give you guilt. He will. Lovingly, lovingly remind you of your nature and say, you're off base on this. Yeah. And it'll always draw you back to the Lord. Anything that pushes you away from God is not the Spirit of God. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, I got six seconds less, uh, left, so bow your heads with me. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your kindness. Thank you that you speak to us so lovingly and so clearly so that we would be able, Lord, to stand in victory. Your word says, after having done all, stand. So, Lord, we celebrate you today and we thank you that in the midst of what we have all seen, how man can almost like devalue themselves and get to a point where they don't consider themselves or respect each other anymore. We can see the glitch, the, the sin nature In us, my God. But in the same way, you gave us the tools so we could walk in peace, in love, in joy, so that we could walk in victory all the days of our lives, in spite of the economy, in spite of the circumstances or situations, in spite of what we're seeing, maybe in family, in our communities. Thank you, Father, that you've given us a future and a hope. So, Lord, I pray that you open up the eyes of our understanding. That we would not tolerate ideas or thoughts that don't come from you. That we would truly, even today, decide to be a forgiving people. To be a people that would not allow uh, anger or offense to rule and reign in our lives. But Lord, that we would be able to walk in the fruit of the Spirit. Love and joy, peace, long-suffering. Goodness, tenderness, mercy. Lord, in forgiveness, self-discipline, my God. Bless your people, I pray, with the strength to be able to embrace your disciplines in Scripture. And thank you, Father, for making us not just useful, but making us necessary and a needed part of your body, a needed part of our family, a needed part of our community, a needed part of our city. Thank you, Father. We praise you. We declare these things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Did you receive that in your spirit? Amen. Praise God. So before I release you so that you could go and bless your families and go fellowship, if there's anyone that has been impacted by this word, if you need prayer, after I release you, we're going to open up the altar. Please feel free to come up and receive prayer. I want the ministers please, to be available to pray. Remember, prayer is the place of power. That's a place of exchange. God takes your pain and He gives you His joy. God takes your old life and He gives you a new life. So if you desire prayer, the altar will be available. Amen? It will be open. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you so much for visiting with us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. You're always most welcome. Anytime you want to come by, we're here every week. Praise God. Love you and appreciate you. And I expect great things in your life. Great things. Right? Praise God. Hallelujah.